Welcome to a day of prayer. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Together, let's engage in relationship with Christ through prayer, faith, and His Word. Good morning. My name is Promise, and you're listening to Day of Prayer's Morning Bible Study. We're so glad you could join us, but before we get into the Word, let's open up in prayer. Lord, I just thank you for today. Just thank you for being our Lord and God, Lord. And just giving us the ability to understand everything that you've given us, Lord. And just blessing us throughout our days and giving us a calling in our lives, Lord. And Lord, I also just thank you for just being you, Lord. And just making where you bless us continually, Lord. In the name of Jesus, amen. In Jesus' amen. name, amen. And amen. Well, good morning and welcome, everyone. We're glad to have you with us as we continue our study of the word in the book of Acts. <clears throat> Excuse me. Glad to have you with us. And this morning we are moving forward. We are going to begin chapter 27. So can I get a volunteer to read the first 12 verses, please? I will. All right, Layla. And when it was decided that we should sail to Italy, they delivered Paul and some other prisoners to one named Julius, a centurion of the Augustan regiment. So entering a ship of Adramidium, we put to sea, meaning to sail along the coast of Asia. Aristarchus, a Macedonian of Thessalonica, was with us. And the next day we landed at Sidon, and Julius treated Paul kindly and gave him liberty to go to his friends and receive care. When we had put to sea from there, we sailed under the shelter of Cyprus, because the winds were contrary. And when we had sailed over the sea which is off Cilicia and Pamphylia, we came to Myra, a city of Lycia. There the centurion found an Alexandrian ship sailing to Italy, and he put us on board. When we had sailed slowly many days and arrived with difficulty off Nidus, the wind not permitting us to proceed, we sailed under the shelter of the Crete off Salmon. Passing it with difficulty, we came to a place called Fair Havens near the city of Lycia. Dad, how do you pronounce that word? Lycia works. Oh, okay. Now when much time had been spent and sailing was now dangerous because the fast was already over, Paul advised them, saying, Men, I perceive that this voyage will end with disaster and much loss, not only of the cargo and ship, but also our lives. Nevertheless, the centurion was more persuaded by the helmsman and the owner of the ship than by the things spoken by Paul. And because the harbor was not suitable to winter in, the majority advised to set sail from there also, if by any means they could reach Phoenix, a harbor of Crete opening toward the southwest and northwest and winter there. Amen. Mm-hmm. So, as is our custom, we're going to open up the floor and give each of you the opportunity to share what Holy Spirit is speaking and ministering to you and hmm. to ask any questions that you might have. So, who'd like to begin? Well, I will. All right, I promise. Well, in the previous chapter, you can see that Paul was talking to King Agrippa and Festus, and you can also see inside the section that they weren't really convinced by as in the nine chapters to verse 12, not verse 9 to verse 12, you can see that they were more convinced by what seemed like inside the natural than um, what Paul was saying. And the Lord reminded me of what King Agrippa had um, inside of chapter, beginning of chapter 26, said that King Agrippa was a master of the customs of the Jews and how yeah. it meant that 
he knew that what Paul was saying was confirmed by Jesus. As in that Jesus confirmed all those things. Mm-hmm. And how even inside this section of scripture, we can see that they're trying to look at the physical things and focus on that instead of actually listening to the spiritual. And as a result, it almost costs them. You can see that later. Right. So are you connecting King Agrippa with what the centurion did here of listening and being persuaded more by what's in their eyesight, what's being displayed in the natural or the word of a natural person than they are persuaded by the things of the Lord and the spirit of God. Yes, mommy. Hmm. I think that's something that most humans have to deal with. Absolutely. That the, because of sin, the natural is always talking really loud. And you know, if you think about it, God gave us our senses, our five senses to help us communicate with the world around us. Um, our physical body is actually what gives us authority to be um, action makers in the earth, which is why the adversary cannot do things on his own. He has to have a body to cooperate with him. That's why he needed Adam and woman in the beginning. That's why he's needed every other human to cooperate, to turn over their authority, to legally operate in the earth and give it to him so he can use it. So God gave us these five senses as a, a means of protection, just for the simplicity of sustaining life on the earth and communicating with it. But he never meant for it to be our God. And when mankind departed from uh, in the garden from the spirit of God leading, they only had left to rely on the natural that they could see, taste, touch, hear, smell, right? Yes. They had to rely on those, those senses, but it's a failed system because how often do you walk into a dark room and you see a fuzzball in the corner and you just know it's a spider and you jump, your heart races, you scream, <laughs> and then turn the light on and it was just your dirty sock that you didn't put in the, 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 the hamper. But everything in you told you that it was a spider. It was really a spider. But in reality, that's a lie. So depending on our natural senses always leads to failure. Now, I'm not saying we go, you know, walking off in the middle of the street and there's a bus coming and we go, the bus not, it's not there. It's not there. I'm not talking about that. That's foolishness because the Holy Spirit already bore witness with you. Don't be dumb. <laughs> That's the mommy version of saying that. <laughs> he already Oversimplified. Told us. Exactly. Um, he's already, he's already shared that with us to be wise, right? And tempting the Lord our God is not wisdom. Jesus didn't throw himself off the pinnacle just to see what would happen. He didn't ignore that he was up on something high, highly elevated, and he shouldn't be throwing himself off of it. He didn't ignore that, but it also didn't govern him. Hence, while he was in the garden, he said, nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. Telling his natural body and his natural senses, get in line with what the word of God is saying. We're going to finish the course. It's going to hurt. It's going to be painful. It's going to be sad. All of these things, but we're going through it. Because this is what the Father has said. So we're made to be governed by our spirit, right? That is yes. in tune yes. and connected and alive to the spirit of God, hearing the information from the, the throne of God, the spirit of God himself communicating with our spirit. Not only that we're sons and daughters of the Most High God, but also decision-making strategies help to guide us through our daily life. So... As we look at them, always the word of God is a mirror for me. It's a mirror for you. Don't see it as it's just them over there. Oh, weren't they foolish? 
No. Look at yourself unless you stumble in the same area, being blind unto where your what your current condition is. God wants us to be aware, right? He wants us to be sober-minded and vigilant. And he wants us to have understanding as to what the will of the Lord is and be masters in the things of God, be babes in malice, right? Yes. But what else? But be mature in the things of the Lord. Okay. Amen. So even though that's a, a, a natural consequence of sin nature is to try to look and rely upon natural circumstances to dictate it and guide and um, you know, dictate where you go, choose to operate in the spirit and let the spirit guide where you go. And eventually, as you continue to practice that, it'll become second nature or first nature to you to listen to Holy Spirit above everything else. Yes. Okay. Yes. What oh. else? Promise were you still going? No, you can go with Charles. What the Lord was showing we here was that we can continue to see the, how the Lord is just blessing Paul in this process. We have talked about it previously and how Paul was not treated like all the other um, prisoners were. Mm-hmm. We can see here that he was given permission to go and be cared for by the people he knew. And the Lord just reminded me that it was also a testament to Paul's integrity. Mm-hmm. For most prisoners, you didn't let them out of your sight because you didn't know what they were going to try to do. Most would have tried to escape to go somewhere else and do whatever they wanted to do. Mm-hmm. But we can see here was that the centurion understood that Paul was going to be trying to do that. He understood that Paul had integrity and was willing to go through the whole process. And that's something that we have to be careful for in our in our own lives is that when we put ourselves in a place, meaning that when we go to the Lord and he tells us and sends us on a mission. It's not in exactly the way we think because mm-hmm. we can see here that Paul did not necessarily expect to be shipped out on a um, ship because he was a prisoner and how, when we are in a position with the Lord, there's always going to be an opportunity to try to come out of the will of God. As you're saying, mommy, that the devil um, always tempts us when there's something that the Lord wants us to do is close he throws up little darts and distractions to see if you go and chase after them. So mm-hmm. Paul had, and for all intents and purposes, Paul had an opportunity to escape if he wanted to at this point. Mm-hmm. He could have easily ran off and never been found again. But he was looking forward to what the Lord was calling him to do, meaning that he didn't regard the situations or what his flesh cried out to do or what he thought was the correct course of action to escape. But he understood that the Lord was his protection. As long as he was inside of the will of God, he would be protected every step of the way. And how that relates to us is that we have to rest in the fact that the Lord's never going to harm us. He's not looking for the first opportunity to strike people down or to make their lives uncomfortable. But he's always looking for ways to bless them. Um, Jesus, mm-hmm. when he died on the cross, it was not because the Lord wanted him to die. It was because he wanted Jesus to go back to where he was from the beginning. He wanted him to be able to go back to heaven with triumph instead of being defeated. Amen. And and we can articulate it like this. The Lord did find it necessary. So he mm-hmm. wanted Jesus to die in that sense because his blood, it was the only thing that was going to be able to redeem us and all of creation back to him. Amen. But he didn't take pleasure in um, a relish, you know, the, the suffering that Jesus did, but in a sense... He was pleased by Jesus's actions because he was being obedient and the value of what he was doing is so great. 
So God wasn't going, you know, rubbing his hands together sinisterly like the adversary was relishing the pain that Jesus was going through, thinking he had triumphed over him. But God, our father was pleased that Jesus was following through with his plan that it was God, the father's plan that Jesus would die on our behalf. Not the the pure him dying just for the sake of dying, but all that his death would bring and reap, reap back to the father, the harvest that would come as a result of his obedience, even to the point of death. So the Lord was pleased with that follow through from him and pleased by what the yielding results were. And the ultimate is to have his son seated next to him again. But God could have done that any kind of way he wanted. He didn't even have to send Jesus in the first place. Right. Yes. So he was pleased with his plan being carried out because it brought about his ultimate plan. Mm-hmm. She goes back to the scripture. Obedience is better than sacrifice. Amen. Right. The sacrifice of lambs or, and, and goats. Right. Talking about Christ being the sacrificial lamb, the Passover lamb mm-hmm. for us. It was necessary because of disobedience. But if we, or you could say Adam, you could attempt to blame on him, but let's look at ourselves in this, because we've all been disobedient to the Lord. Mm-hmm. And if Adam hadn't fallen, then the next one in line would have. I mean, right. Cain didn't get two seconds out the gate, and he was killing his brother. I mean, so... Right. So mm-hmm. this still applies to us today. But as you were pointing out, honey, honey, Jesus was just obedient to the Father and everything. Mm-hmm. That's why he was without blemish, mm-hmm. without sin. Mm-hmm. Spot, wrinkle, or blemish in his life. Amen. Hence, he had to be the sacrificial lamb. He's the only one that could do it. Mm-hmm. But um, there's another thing that um jumped out at me in this, right? Okay. And it, it kind of overlaps the chapters, right? You, sir, Charles, were talking about how Paul wanted to remain in the will of the Lord as we all should, and not just want to remain, but do what is necessary to walk with the Lord, to remain with him in his perfect will or the destiny track he has for each and every one of us. The last recorded words of Agrippa with Hephaestus were that Paul might have been set free if he had not appealed to Caesar. But what was Paul's thing? And, and you could argue it either way. That he was just so full of the Spirit and the desire to, to do what the Lord said, which was to go to Rome, clearly where Caesar is located, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. That that he just went for the gusto, right? Or you could argue that he was being led by the Lord in that. Hey, let's appeal to this because it will get you to the place on the destiny track the Lord had for Paul, right? Amen. Yes. Now, there's and the, the latter other. is true. The, the first one is a, a, a less mature thought Absolutely. process. Absolutely. Like, Paul, you're just talking yourself into more trouble. And, and that's why mm-hmm. I said you could mm-hmm. argue it either way, right? So for those that are less mature in the faith and, and those that have matured in the faith, right? So it's, it's not to, to split hairs over it, right? You can either, either perspective you have, right? The desire was to be in the will of the Lord mm-hmm. when it gets down to the core of it. But now let's look at this next aspect is if, as we're reading this, I'm sh- there's no doubt that there are people going, well, why did you just stop at this section of scripture? Just talking about these different places that they went or were going to, or decided to go to, or were trying to get to. Right. But if we look at it, what happens 
every step of the way. Winds and all these things come up, attempting to prevent Paul from reaching his destination. So let's, let's understand that because in our own life, what happens for those that decide, I'm going to do the will of the Lord? Are there not trials? Are there not situations and circumstances that arise? There are. Yes. That if you actually look at what's, what's happening, there is an element of the enemy trying to prevent you from moving forward or to get you to give up, to, to walk away from the perfect will of the Lord. And that what happened, if you will, with Christ. And, he, and the disciples got him up and you said, peace be still. He rebuked the wind and the waves. Right? Yes. yes. Now, I'm not saying that, uh, or I'll make this clear. The Lord did not send these, all these things to happen. Right? Yes. This is not the Lord's way. Now, the Lord is still working in and through Paul and the situation in order to minister to all these people. Right now, Paul's still still giving words of wisdom and knowledge and even prophetic words to these individuals. Hey, what's he saying in verse 10? I perceive. Well, clearly he perceives because he's been given insight and revelation through Holy Spirit or by Holy Spirit to him. But he's communicating it in a way that a natural-minded or even... I'll say non-believing or not yet believing, but person that has been in opposition to the Lord, people that have been in opposition to the Lord, as in the Romans, his captors, could understand, could potentially receive the word, making it easier for them, right? Yes. Now, they still had their own uh, mindset as to what they were going to do, right? For their own reasons or whatever. Right, and you see that articulated here as well. Well, it's not really a good t- time or good place or port to lock down here for the winter for any number of reasons, right? Mm-hmm. We don't know. We weren't there. But that's what they had determined in their minds. So they d- continue to try to push on. But look at the great lengths the enemy would try to go in order to prevent Paul. Because Paul had already said, hey, I'm, I'm going here. And he already made that, he decreed it and declared it and appealed to Caesar to ensure that he would get there, that he would remain in the Lord's plan the whole way. Right? Yes. yes. But now he also has to continue to keep his faith active and move forward. Still being led by the Lord, he couldn't check out. He had to remain as he has, I'd say this, this whole time in his life after converting, Right after actually acknowledging Jesus, the Christ, or as the Christ, you've seen that um, his heart in that, his mindset, his steadfastness to the Lord to continue to push through, and his faith remaining active, being in tune with Holy Spirit's leading and guiding. So I want to bring that up because that matters to us today. We can't just check out after we've committed to do something for the Lord. It's a relationship. No child can just say to their parents, okay, I got it. I'm going to grow up. 
and then just check out for the next, I don't know, 18 plus years or whatever it is of their life. Right? Yes. No, they, they have to be, there's communication, there's teaching, there's training, there's equipping, there's admonishment, there's encouragement. All these things have to happen daily for the life and well-being of that child and then some because it extends beyond that and it's the same way with us amen 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 Amen. well let's pause there for today and with that can i get a volunteer to close out in prayer please i will all right the charles Lord, we just thank you for the understanding and the wisdom that you have given us, Lord. We just thank you that you have given it to each and every one of us, Lord, through your Holy Spirit, Lord. Lord, we also just thank you that you delivered your son Jesus to death, Lord, so that way we could be enter, be, we could be taken into your kingdom, Lord, and enter into heaven, Lord. And we just thank you that Jesus did it gladly, Lord, and with a good heart. And Lord, we also just thank you for the plan that you have for each and every one of us, Lord, and that it's an opportunity for us to... Move forward and demonstrate our love for you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. In Jesus' almighty name, amen. And amen. We love you. God bless you. And have a wonderful day. Want to know more about a day of prayer? Sign up for our newsletter where you'll get the latest updates on the ministry, inspiring messages, and coupon codes for the merch shop. Visit our website, adayofprayer.org. Click on Connect in the menu bar and complete the form. Be sure to check the box that says subscribe. Thank you for listening to A Day of Prayer. We trust the Lord that you are strengthened and encouraged in your relationship with Christ. Visit us on our website, adayofprayer.org, where you can check out our blog, find additional study resources, or shop the official A Day of Prayer store. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. So until next time, take care and God bless you.